I feel like the sermon's in the song already. I don't need to say anything. We go home? Yep, you can go home. But you're going to miss out if you go home. I'll tell you that. Okay. So wake up. All right, pastor's not preaching today. So... Uh, for those who don't know, I'm Ben Neff, associate pastor here at Mount Tabor, and I am going to preach here today. The I was told by the little sheet, it said, like, what do men need was the little sheet pastor filled out the summer plan. And of course, I thought it said, I was thinking about what the sheet said, I thought it said, what is a man? Which made me think of the new documentary out on Daily Wire by Matt Walsh called What is a Woman? <laughs> Have anyone seen that or not? Um, I couldn't help but I felt like I, I would research it or I was just like buying time before I had to write the sermon. So I clicked on, I checked it out and watched uh, a large chunk of it. Um, and wow. So for the first 30 minutes of this documentary, I was sitting there like laughing and like I'm not one to belly laugh. But I mean, I just, in fact, if people were here at church, I probably wouldn't have. But I was laughing out loud, so loud at just how ludicrous it is in our culture. You're just going to people, experts in different medical fields and universities and so forth with all these titles and stuff. And he's just like, what is a woman? You know, and they can't answer the question. And it, it was just hilarious. But then as you started watching more and more, you realized how sad it was because people actually believe these things. You know, we are so blessed to have the Word of God in this country, all right, in our world, in this church, to read the simplicity of God's perfect design of how we have, you know, uh, male and female God created, and we know why there's evil, and we know um, why there's so many languages, we know uh, all these different things, and we know that ultimately we have a Savior whose name is Jesus. Right? There is no rival. There is no equal right? that we have. His name is above all names. And we can rejoice in that. So that's just bonus. And that's my, that's my intro, uh, or pre-intro to my intro. All right? Okay. Uh, that should have been the climactic, let's go home, right? Uh, but man, so when I thought about this, like this idea of manhood, and somehow I'm starting to become an expert on manhood, and I just never feel qualified to, to be an expert on manhood because I had three three sisters, and I married a family, three sister-in-laws, and you know I'm not exactly uh, what you would call uh, the male specimen that people are like, yeah, I want to be him, you know? <laughs> okay, so you know, <laughs> so. Don't worry, Lauren, I'm waiting. Okay. <laughs> All right. So anyway, when I thought about this idea, what is man? The man is a, the one thing. It's like we are, we are warriors. Like that's what ultimately God has made us to be. Uh, fighters, warriors. And I want us to think about that. Make sure you get the right button here. Don't mess this up. Okay. Oh, good. And this thought just keeps coming to mind over and over to me about we are at war. Now, of course, in, in the world, this is a true statement that we've never not had wars going on in the world since the beginning of time. Somewhere in the world, somebody was trying to oppress somebody else, and then there was fighting that occurred. All right? And so we are at war constantly, but I, our mentality is different when we're at war. For instance, we think differently if we are in the United States versus Ukraine. 
Whether we are in Western or Ukraine where there's not as much violence, or Eastern Ukraine, we think differently like about our lives and our plans and our future and everything because we know how quickly they can be flipped on its head, right? Now, I know in the last service, I know there was one hand that, that was going to raise, and it did. And I know in this one, I know at least one hand's going to raise. How many have actually been in war? I'm looking for the one in the back. I know, okay, I see two, three. I, I, was, I wasn't sure how many. I see at least three hands of people, uh, right? And I, can, I, I don't usually want to speak for people, but I can say that with confidence that you would tell me that you live differently when you are in wartime than you do in peacetime. Right? The mentality of the, how you live and how you act and everything changes. So I want us to understand, since this is not our home, right? This, this is the battleground, and ultimately our home is coming, that we are at war and we think differently. We don't want to lose sight of the first, the, the art of war is, for, you first got to recognize you're in a war, all right? You have to recognize that you are in a war, and that's what we have here today. And we have an enemy that... Um, he, he, as Scripture says, First Peter five eight, um, we be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. I know. I think the message says looking for someone to pounce on. Right? He's like this enemy. Now, generally, lions. Now I'm no expert in lions here. All right, but they prowl around, you know, quietly, and then pounce, and then they roar. But we have an enemy today that is so arrogant, so prideful, so cocky, that he, ro he roars before he even pounces. Right? He's out to destroy. Right? And he doesn't even care. And he says, I'm coming. There's nothing you can do to stop me. He's all out there, right? His pride is out there. And we know that pride comes before a fall. So... I want to look specifically at what do we do in a, in a war setting, and we go specifically to Ephesians 6, looking at the armor of God. So many of you, most of you would be familiar, uh, but we'll go through it. Today, after church, good plug-in, we're going to have a father-son luncheon. So men, all right, men, okay, it's not hard to figure out if we got it, right? You know if you're a man or not, all right? So male and female, God created you men created by God, are welcome to come to the Father-Son Luncheon. Whether you have a, a son or a father with you, you know, you are welcome to come to the luncheon. Please stay, and then we got a ner Nerf War afterwards, okay? I'm taking Dan, Charles, and Jim, okay? <laughs> all right, and I'll take Aaron, too. Let me see who else. Okay, all right. Frankie? Yeah. I'll, I'll flip a coin, okay? <laughs> all right, so... My victim. <laughs> All right, so I'm just playing, Frankie. Yeah, I'll take you too. Okay. All right, because you're you're tall, I can hide behind. Okay. So. All right. So finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. All right. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against Vladimir or Putin. All right? But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces, evil in the heavenly realms. We understand that is who our enemy is. Paul is trying to get us to understand, like, not just in our head, but just deeply know that what you see, all that scary stuff out there, the enemy is beyond that. 
The enemy is the unseen in the world, and we need to be prepared to take our stand in that realm. Alright, and so I've been thinking a lot about this. Uh, and, and understand, we are at war, okay? Not bright, sunshiny day. Look at that good looking guy. Well, I want you to understand this, okay? Alright. Any strategy... Here, we're going to take me off of there, so don't look at me too long. Okay, any strategy... <laughs> Uh, that in military, I'm no expert about this, okay, but I am confident because I played dodgeball. <laughs> okay, went to church camp. You, you guys, you guys are going to church camp. You are very disappointed those going to church camp today that you don't have me to join you to play dodgeball. Okay, back in my prime, I'm very proud to tell you that there was one game where we were like down to. I guess it wasn't just one. There was our team had three. Me. And two people on crutches. This is true. I'm not making this up. We had three people in crutches on our team. And two were still in and me. And then there was nine of them. And so I tell you, this is completely true. I went and I took out all nine of those kids. Okay? Yeah. Alright. So and I didn't hold you know, I didn't feel bad about it at all. You know, even the crying little girls. Because you know. I'll tell you how I did it, alright? I will tell you how I did it. I didn't really need to take out nine. I only needed to take out two. I found the two best, and I sniped them out, and then the other seven were no trouble. Now that sounds evil, okay? But that's what the devil does, all right? So as humorous as that is, that's what he does. You know, I would say this past year, without a doubt, obviously losing my parents, but without a doubt, going to ministry full-time has been the hardest year of my adult life, no doubt about it, and I have felt very clearly that the enemy, all right, has been, had me in the sights, starting this podcast and getting message after message from guys who say, I needed to hear that, I needed to hear that message, and I don't know which is, we released 40 episodes, our goal is to do 52 this year, and we're planning to hit that. And there's just, it's some, that message hit me right between the eyes. That's what I need. So who do you think he's going for, right? Going right after me. And in fact, yesterday, there was an event down at Jeff Monford's place. We got invited. So Chad, I did the podcast with and I were there and gave a nice plug and stuff. And then Pastor Randy Christian, after we left, we went the long way around. He cut through the house just to cut us off. <laughs> All right. Sound like something he's going to do, right? I need to pray for you. All right. He's like, and here's what he says. He's like, you know, you two are in leadership and you are influencing people. And I just feel like that God is telling me that he has you in his sights and he wants, right? The enemy wants to destroy you. He wants to take you down. I want to pray for your protection. And I was like, Randy, I'm preaching on that tomorrow. <laughs> and of course, Randy's like, oh, of course. And he calls me later. I can't believe you're preaching on that. Of course, you know, that's Randy for you, right? You know, Randy, that's how it works, okay? But what about this guy? All right. Yeah. The enemy wants to take him down too. Or what about these guys? Yeah. Oh, it gives me chills doing this, honestly. It did. It did not give me pleasure doing this. All right. And, but I want us to understand that from the spiritual standpoint, okay, that's what the enemy wants to do. Because if one falls, there's a bunch of people under that person that it falls too. Right? And then you got people say, see, I told you, them Christians, you know, they're just a bunch of hypocrites, right? See, they just all preach all this uh, holy stuff, but they can't live it themselves, you know, I mean, right? 
So that's why the enemy takes us strong. So I have a question for you. Okay? Are you praying for your leaders? All right? I'll be with the pastor and Polly's like on vacation, you know. Not, you know, like maybe a little, are we praying for protection for our leaders? Are we praying for wisdom? Are we praying for guidance? Do we really believe that there is a battle going on? And that we have a part to play in making sure that we pray for our leadership. All right? Some of you are here today because of poor leadership in your churches, meaning that the devil sniped them out. And you decided to come here because you thought maybe you could be fed here, right? But you are collateral damage to the devil ultimately taking out those people. And then you came here. So you've experienced that. Are you praying for your leaders? You know, we covet your prayers very much so. We're going to talk a little bit about how you can pray, okay? One of the areas that I pray is I pray on the armor of God. One of the most powerful ways that I pray is praying on the armor of God. And I will tell you up front here, this is one of the most amazing things. As soon as I start praying this, now I, there's this like peace that comes over me. Now I get a peace like my morning coffee routine is like a ritual. I kind of get a peace from that. All right? That's not the peace I'm talking about. I have some sort of ritual. I actually feel like the heavens move and there's an enemy working and I'm saying, Satan, you are not welcome here. And that's what I pray. Dear Lord, and, and I'll say in the name of Jesus, Satan, you are not welcome here. This is not your ground. This is not your home. This is not your heart. All right? I belong to Jesus. And I put on the armor of God. All right? And so, so I can stand my ground. I will say, with Lord, I pray, pray on the belt of truth. All right? It all starts with truth. All right? We need to know the truth. And the truth must set us free. All right? So I pray on that truth. Okay. Then I pray also, so protection, and then uh, breastplate righteousness, okay, uh, protecting my heart, right, I pray, I ask the Lord, protect my heart, protect pastor's heart, protect my family's hearts, protect our hearts, all right, our passions, our desires, our hopes, all right, be fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel, yes, or make my steps firm, all right, as I step, all right, at this point in the last service, all came, I like, it came very clear to me, <laughs> and this is when uh, Pastor, I was like, oh my gosh, just, Pastor Darwin uh, gave us a nice sermon illustration. He went to Hocking Hills, all right, and he was hiking, and he decided to go off the path that he wasn't supposed to be on, you know, he was supposed to be on this one, he got, got over this hiking, you know, and wouldn't alone behold, his feet did not stay steady. And he wiped out. And he says, according to him, he smacked his head on a rock and it bounced. Okay? Knocked some sense into him. Um, you know, I did that, honestly, when I was 19 years old. I don't know what 50-something, whatever. Whatever age that is, you know, I would do that. But, you know, maybe you, you live with, I'll still be like that. But anyway... I, I, it just, it, this first service, it dumped out of me when it hit me that I realized, were we praying for pastor safety on the trip? I'll be with Pastor Polly. That's why I use that as an illustration. You know, protect them physically, emotionally, spiritually, right? Asking for the protection. Help make his mind strong so he doesn't go off any, the path like he should, right? You know, but we really, we want to pray that our feet stay on solid ground. Because you can slip in a hurry, no doubt about it. 
So as we pray that we are protected from, and see when you slip, you don't see it coming, all right? It's not some big tank coming your way. It's just something little takes you out, right? It's not ever so slightly takes you out. So then, let's see. Uh, let me go. All right. And also, then, shield of faith. All right. Our faith. All right. When we have trials that come, we take up the shield of faith. Through these trials, we have lots of trials. The flaming arrows. Usually, all right. Those flaming arrows, by the way, are doubt, discouragement. Did God really say? You know, or some sort of discouragement. Yeah, you know, you're really not able to do that, right? You know, and so there's all these attacks that come, and it's our faith in Jesus Christ, that shield of faith, uh, that we pray and protect from all of those, like, those lies that come to attack the ultimately belt of truth, right? And, and then the helm of salvation, protect my mind, okay? The knowledge, all right? Protect my mind. The knowledge of salvation. Don't let people tell me, well, Jesus isn't the only way, all right? And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And I love it references both. It's the fact the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And you're in God's Word, and the Spirit comes. All right? We pray that the, the Word is living and active and working in us. And so we pray those six things on to us for protection, and so we pray in the spirit on all kinds of occasions, all prayer requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for all of the Lord's people. So I would challenge you, and, and this is a challenge for me. Are we a praying church? Are we a praying church? Are we willing to pray for our leaders, for our people, for our family, and really believe that things are going to happen. That's the one thing about my mother that's just so amazing. She just constantly would believe, pray, and believe. And in fact, I just ran into somebody last week at church conference. I actually went to school with her kids, and then we knew through church. We've known each other a long time. And then he said to me, he's like, so sorry to hear about your mother. You know? And he says, you know, we were in Bible study together, and she walked right up to me and said, I'm going to pray for you to have a divine appointment where you run into somebody that you knew God had for you. The next week, he ran into somebody that he knew God would have for him. That person then started going to their Bible study, started uh, made, made a commitment to Jesus Christ, brought their wife, and that person made a commitment to Jesus Christ as well. And he's like, I will always remember that. I'm like, I know, Mom, Mom told me that story. She was proud of it. But she walked right up and said, I'm going to pray for this. And it happened. And that was the kind of woman she was. She would just say, I'm going to pray for it. And she believed it. <laughs> Lo and behold, answer after answer. Just like Pastor Randy. He, he felt the nudge. He prayed. Boom. <laughs> you know, it's just amazing uh, when we start praying in the spirit. And that's what it is, where you're staying closely connected to God. So you feel those nudges and then you act All right, from there. Now, um, I'm going to take a little bit of a right turn because I, I was supposed to tell you about what men need, okay? <laughs> so, so what, so first thing I want you to do is be praying in church. What do warrior men need, all right? So if you're a note taker, I got three for you, okay? So note takers, here you go, all right? These three just kind of rose to the surface very much so, all right? First thing that men need, and all of us need this, but men especially need purpose, right? We need to have purpose. A why is what we do. Because if we don't, you know what we do? And I kick our feet up on the lazy boy, all right? Watch TV, okay? And you know what we do when we're doing that? We're watching warrior men. <laughs> Whether they're warriors on the, the, the sports, 
uh, field uh, or court, or whether they're actual, actually warriors out in the military setting or whatever it is, we're watching men be men and thinking, yeah, it'd be nice to be that guy. But if we don't have purpose, we don't have a God-sized vision for our life, then we are the ones that are kicking our feet up. All right, and we're not acting in that. So men absolutely need purpose, a reason to get up and to go out. If we don't have that, we, we miss out. Secondly, men need respect. Pastor has taught a lot about this. It's one thing he's brought to light here in the church. You know, Ephesians 5, and it talks about the fact that men love their wives, and wives respect their husbands. It is very important that men are respected, uh, which is certainly not popular. I can make a joke about a man all day, any man. I can make fun of pastor all day. As soon as that joke's about Polly, you're in trouble, right? It's in, isn't it interesting how we can, we can disrespect the man? Our culture is trained. You don't, you, don't, you don't ever disrespect the woman. I mean, you don't, right? But at the same time, isn't it interesting how I can make fun of the man all day? And it's okay? As soon as I say, oh, what about Polly? Oh, no! no. Michelle, what? Oh, no, you don't touch that, right? Okay, but so culturally we have driven it to say, you know, we, we can disrespect men any day of the week and it's fine. No big deal. Okay, and, and so there's a definite difference in that. And the third thing we need, maybe, uh, maybe we don't need it. Oh, men need community. Okay, that's the third thing that we need. Now, what if you don't feel like you have purpose? What, how do you get that? Well, I will say, back to what we just talked about. You have to be praying in the Spirit. You have to be asking God, what is it you have for me? And I will tell you that God gives you nudges and you lean into them. So what I mean by that is when I talked about uh, the All Abilities Camp for FCA, some of you got nudged. Either it was like, oh, I should invite so-and-so to that. Oh, I'd love to be a part of that. Okay? So, uh, when, when I mentioned uh, the Creation Museum of Art, maybe some of you got nudged in that regard, you know, to be a part of that, or do that, or look into that, or study that more. And so whether youth, or vacation Bible school, or whatever it is, you feel a nudge and you lean into it. That's why I'm here today, because I feel the nudge to preach, to teach. Alright? When, when I was teaching math, I just... Never could quite settle into that because I felt like my purpose was not to be there. I felt like I really was called to be somewhere else, and eventually I followed those nudges, and that led me to here. And so ask what it is, and then let lean into it. Secondly, what if you feel disrespected? Okay, um, one, I would say you gotta look at yourself first, guys. You gotta look in the mirror and say. Am I doing anything that's disrespectful <laughs> to others? You know, am I speaking harshly to others, angrily, unkind? Am I always late? Am I doing, you know, am I doing things that are disrespectful? And, and if I am, if you want respect, it helps to stop doing those things. Okay. Secondly, it is you just. It, this is harder to do because I want to go to be sarcastic. I feel disrespected and would appreciate if you would stop. Right? To look people in the eye and say, you know, I feel disrespected, I appreciate you, stop. Okay? That's harder to do, because people might laugh. Right? Lauren called me weird. She just leaned across the aisle when we started worshiping. She said, you're weird. Lauren, I felt disrespected. Would you please stop? 
Okay. I said, you just made the sermon, is what I told her. Okay. So I don't know. I probably correct on that. I don't know. It's all from love. It's uh, all from love. Okay. I guess so. You'll have to tell me why I'm here. And I know there's about a hundred reasons why I'm here, but uh, it's just an odd, a weird time to say that. Okay. Anyway. All right. Let's go to one more. So community. Okay. You know, one of the things that I do believe men need community, and they need people that can hold uh, each other accountable. Love what we're doing with the men's class. Love being able to hang out with in the men's class and, and be able to fellowship and interact. But I, I think it starts with one. Community starts with one. You need yourself one good friend. Jesus modeled this. Jesus had John, or David had Jonathan. You know, you have these friends that you can lean into, and you want to seek that out. They're probably for most of you. They're probably there. It's just developing that more, and then it can spread from there. But it starts with one, all right, not trying to just create a community that just is awkward when you just bring a bunch of guys together who don't really know each other. But it's you, generally you'll see guys travel in packs or two. A lot of times they have a friend, you know, along the way uh, or tribes, right? Women are notorious for this, you know. But guys, too, need their tribe, all right? They don't, they don't like to be on the outside. So we need community, and we have to, but we have to actively seek it out as well. So those are, those are three things. So I answered the question, what do men need? All right. Um, now, um, one other thing that I think has been on my heart along this, okay, as we rabbit trail down this one, all godly men are called to be protect, protectors. All right. And even when it, it costs them something, right? And I think about the fact that we uh, need to protect the most vulnerable. And I, it's one of the most uncomfortable. Comfortable areas is to really speak out against things that, you know, I know people push back. I've always tried to be more the middle of the road. But going to a, the, the conference we went to, Pastor and I, it really impacted me when, when one of the pastors, the pastor led the conference, stands up there. And, you know, I've always admired him and stuff. And basically just gives green light to sin. Um, and, and basically invites people in his church to say, we're not going to call out sin. We're, we're going to pretend it's not there um, so that we get more people in the doors. And so that's self-preservation. And that really deeply impacted me. It's like, oh my gosh, like what are you doing? And so, but luckily that's not in Mercer County, right? <clears throat> Mercer County Library this month, okay? Um, the, these are books that are not just on the shelf. They are prominently displayed in uh, the library. First one, pumpkin this year's problems of dragon. This is for little kids to go read. Just pick to pick up and look through. Hey kids, go off to the library, go find a book. Uh, Icebreaker, something about hockey players, the two opposing hockey players, male hockey players, that then well you can figure that out from the picture. And then pronoun book, and that's not just there was a good <laughs> good pronoun book, like you know what pronouns really are, right? And then there's like all the ways to address you. Male and female, God created, right? We, we, we make it so complex. Isn't it our problem time and again? As we, we just make it so complex, all right? And, and it's, it's unfortunate to see that. You know, honestly, it breaks my heart. I don't want to, I don't want, truly, it does anger me, but, but I don't want you, it angers me in the sense of like, that it's leading people to brokenness. It's leading people astray. It's leading people away from the Lord, away from salvation, all right? You know, I, I for some reason, I was thinking about this, you just, if those in the first sermon, be like, I don't remember you talking about that sermon. Oh, yeah, I was just thinking about the fact if every week I went to the doctor 
and and I had a you know bump on my head and everything. And the doctor treated the symptoms, and it was bleeding. He, he patched it up, stitched me up, and then you know sent me on my merry way. And then again, I come back, and, I, and every week I'm just basically coming back. I got a bump on my head. I need some stitches. I need this that. And and eventually, the only thing the doctor might say, well, what you, what caused that? Why well, I've been banging my head against the wall. <laughs> okay. And he doesn't tell me, real simple, that's not healthy, stop it. <laughs> because I might be mad, I might be offended, I might not like to hear the banging my head against the wall, right? It's not healthy for me, right? Is it loving for that doctor to just go, all right, keep going, all right? And this keep trying to bandage the wounds. That's what we're doing in the church today, folks. That's what we're doing. We're not bandaging. We're trying to bandage wounds when we, like, try and skirt around it. I've been guilty of this, trying to skirt around it and say, this is wrong. To do this to kids is wrong. We need to stop it. And by the way, there's a form that you can request books to be taken out of the library. Right? <coughs> this is indoctrination of children. The, the documentary about what is a woman, I don't play spoiler, but I will tell you, just references going, like, like there are cultures that don't have all the technology that we have. They're not as advanced as us. And they're a heck of a lot happier and they're not confused, all right? They have a group, group of men to gather together, a group of women to gather together, and they're joyful and they're filled up and they're like, they understand it. But because here's the deal, we train people up, but you have to work really hard to indoctrinate them and it has to start at a young age. So we have indoctrination going on is what we have. All right. it's, it, indoctrination is the opposite of training and teaching. All right? it, it's trying to robotically teach a falsehood. And so you have to start young. You have to lie it, through it. And Jesus said, you know, anyone who harms the little children deserves a large millstone, giant stone that they grind grain on and throw them into the sea, basically. Right? We are not to do that to our children. And so I don't like to fight. Okay? I don't enjoy it. But I'm not going to let my kids, all right, experience that, all right? And so many people, and some people may not agree with me, I'm going I'm to say that's because you were successfully indoctrinated. I believe that, you know, at a young age, I've watched the public school system, I've been well in it and, 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 and very involved, and I've watched the indoctrination occur, where people don't think for themselves, they're told what to think. And, and so, unless we speak up and say, you're banging your head against the wall, and that's destructive, stop it, okay? I mean, it's not healthy, right? That's more loving than saying, mm, I don't know if that's, oh, yeah, well, maybe just an extra ice pack, okay? Maybe, maybe, maybe a thicker helmet or something might help, you know? Like, I mean, we, we can give all excuses, we say, no, it's destructive, and so I hope that people know that my, it is a deep love for humanity, all right, when I share this, okay? And I don't, like I said, I don't want to, but I'm going to do what Paul prayed. I ask, pray also for me. This is, most of the time, armor of God. I wonder if anyone's ever preached the last two verses, okay, uh, in there, because we usually stop right before that. Pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. He's in prison for this. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly, as I should. The only reason why I would preach this sermon is to self-preservation. Protect myself, right? And, and that's not going to save anybody. And Paul was willing to go to jail for it. He was willing to ultimately give his life for the message. And he said, but he said, right, I need your prayers. 
If I'm going to declare it fearlessly, I need you to be praying for me to, to do it. Because I'm scared. He's telling them, I'm scared to do it. I need to have the Holy Spirit to give me the strength to continue to be fearless about what I do and what I share. And so I want us to be fearless about setting the captives free. Helping those that are in chains, even though they seem to love their chains, be set free. Right? Paul, in a prison, chained to a guard, was more free than many people here today, in our world today. Because he had Jesus Christ. He had hope of eternal life. His spirit was soaring, even if he was chained to a guard. And I'd rather be that than, than to be the person who's banging their head against the wall. So we have three options here. I'll end with this. Three options when the enemy attacks. There's only three. Okay? You can flee. Right? Well, I guess you could join him, too, if you want to just join him. Yeah, but that's, I guess that's the second one, too, right? Join him. Surrender and join him. You know? Um, but one, we're, we don't have a place to flee to, all right? <laughs> There's no, fleeing's not an option. Surrendering to me is not an option. And so therefore, by default, we have to fight. Whether we want to or not. Okay? And when we do that, hopefully, we can say what Paul said at the end of his life. Oh, there it is, maybe. Nope. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. That is what I want to be able to say. Not that I, I didn't fight. It's too easy. I surrendered. Gave in. Didn't want to upset some people. Okay? So, and I fin finished the race. Now the, there is, this is what we want, a store for me, the crown of righteousness, which is the Lord, the righteous judge, will award, will, will award me on that day, not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. So we're fighting for some because we this isn't our home, all right? We're called to be ambassadors. We're called to intervene, and when we fight, and then on that day we have a crown of righteousness waiting for us. And so often we, as as Americans especially, and just humans in general, are fighting for so many things here that will pass away over ever so quickly. You know, the last week at conference I played five second games, all right. It was literally a game, I'd say, right, who is this actor? Name this actor. And then I'd do something else. Hey, go catch this ball. You know, and I'd go around five-second games. Felt like the Lord said to me, your life's like a five-second game. Our life here on earth is like a five-second game. And then it's gone. And it's whether we've done it for the Lord or not. Whether we have been officially, done, done it for the Lord or not. And I guess and we surrender to the Lord. And I give an offer here that anyone who has not surrendered to Jesus Christ for their salvation, I'm bound the freedom and the hope. Right? I'm trying to offer the hope I have. All right? I'm trying to give it to I know people hate, hate it because it says many lives as enemies of the cross. But please lean into that nudges and follow it and find freedom. It just breaks my heart to see so many that don't have that. Would you pray with me? Dear Lord, we come before you and we do take our stand against the enemy and, and we uh, pray on the armor of God, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, the feet of the gospel of peace. Um, and we uh, pray in the spirit, uh, the sword of the spirit, the word of God, which is the word of God, Lord. We pray all this on, Lord, and we wield it against the enemy and we say, set people free. Set these people here free from their lies, from their brokenness that has destroyed so many lives 
And, and we pray that they will see that on this day. We pray for the men in the church to lead, help them to find purpose, respect, and community here. And we pray uh, for pastor and the elders and others here, leadership. We pray for Joe Biden and those that lead our country. We pray for them as well. And we pray that there will be uh, hope in this country. Uh, we pray for Roe v. Wade. We pray that abortion will be struck down, that lives will no longer be killed and children will no longer be indoctrinated. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. You'll stand with us. We're going to go.